From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the Chesapeake Bay, Virginia is a mecca for outdoor travel and adventure. Virginia Outdoor Adventures podcast brings listeners stories and recommendations from leaders and influencers across the Virginia outdoor community. Get the information and the inspiration to plan your own adventure right here in Virginia. I'm your host, Jessica Bowser. Virginia State Parks represent the best of Virginia's natural diversity while providing amenities, programs, and activities for millions of visitors. With 41 parks across the Commonwealth offering 500 miles of trails, campsites, cabins, boat launches, beaches, picnic shelters, concerts, nature programs, and cultural events, there's something for everyone at a Virginia State Park. Tim Kennel, president of the Virginia Association for Parks, highlights some of the lesser known attractions to help you plan an unforgettable adventure. Tim also discusses an opportunity for all of us to protect our recreational and natural resources. Your voice can determine the future of our state parks. Let's go. Tim, welcome to Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Hey, Jessica. Thank you for having me on Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Uh, Excited to be here. I can't think of anything I'd rather talk about than Virginia State Parks. You know what? I'm in the same boat with you, Tim. You and I are both really passionate about this gem that we have in Virginia. And so let's dive right in by having you tell us what you love about Virginia State Parks. Well, I I think what I like best is the diversity uh, of Virginia State Parks. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's the beaches and the mountains. Uh, and the uh, central areas uh, with, uh, with the rolling hills and northern Virginia. We cover all four corners of the state and uh, uh, diverse environments and then diverse people throughout the state. And, uh, and it's the people that, that make the state parks as great as they are. I couldn't agree more. The people that I have met at Virginia State Parks throughout my journey has really been the highlight, especially the wonderful staff in the park. So I definitely give them props. Now, Tim, you wear a lot of hats. You are a Virginia master naturalist. You are a member of the Friends of Bear Creek Lake State Park. You're also the president of the Virginia Association for Parks. What else are you involved in? Because I know that's not all. No, I'm also on the executive board of Virginia Forever which is a land and water conservation group, a lobbyist group across the state. I'm also on the executive board of the National Association of State Parks Foundation, which is sort of like the Virginia Association for Parks of each state across the country. And one other thing, you are also a camp host at Bear Creek Lake State Park. Talk about that. I am indeed. I love hosting at a state park. It gives me an opportunity to literally live at a Virginia State Park uh, uh, for 30 days at a time. And I can volunteer, I can meet guests, I can uh, uh, help, uh, help folks build campfires. And, uh, and as a Virginia certified master naturalist, we can talk about the trees and the, and the fauna and the animals uh, uh, within the state park. So. Uh, I love I love spending time with the children. I absolutely do. So what are the responsibilities of a camp host? Like, what are you actually doing while you're hosting? Well, there are a variety of things. One, we're, we're sort of a, a, a park watchdog. We kind of keep an eye on things. Uh, we, we want our guests to have a good time, but we also have to, to do it safely and, 
and, and mindful of other folks being in the park. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we can take guests on hikes. Uh, we uh, make sure the bathrooms are clean and, uh, and are well stocked. We also work with various school systems and uh, school groups and, and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts that come into the park and, and would like a tour. So we, we help our interpretive staff along those lines. So we, we actually are, are unpaid park employees. We, uh, we, we work at the direction of the park manager. And where are you living when you're hosting? I stay uh, right in my camper. Uh, I love my camper. It's uh, my office on wheels. Um, I get I sit it out at uh, Bear Creek Lake, for example, and I'm um, right in the middle of the campgrounds, right with the other guests in the park, and and uh, I can hear what they're saying about our park, and I can inform them uh, of the activities going on in the park and give them some history of the park. So I just love it. I actually live right in the park. So for guests who are staying on a campground in a Virginia State Park, can they expect every campground to have a host that's available to assist them if they need anything? Yeah, I think uh, uh, throughout the park system, uh, hosts uh, play a vital part of, uh, of, uh, of the Virginia State Park system and that we do welcome guests and, and help them park their campers. So I think you'll find a host at each and every Virginia State Park that offers camping or cabins. This kind of sounds amazing to me, Tim, because when I camp at any campground and I see a host set up, you can tell that they're there long term. They've got decorations out. They've got like full setups. I mean, you know that they're there for a while and it looks like a dream. So if somebody was interested in being a camp host, how where, where would they find information about signing up or volunteering? Sure, by all means, uh, just reach out to the uh, Virginia State Parks website. Uh, there is, there are opportunities, volunteer opportunities there. There's a link for Camp Host, and uh, and you can apply right online. And you said that you are located at Bear Creek Lake State Park, and where is that? Bear Creek Lake State Park is in Cumberland County, which is about 40 miles west of Richmond and about 30 miles east of Charlottesville. Uh, closest town is probably Farmville, Virginia. Um, folks may be uh, familiar with Longwood College or Hampton Sydney College, um, both of those universities. I think we're the only town that has two universities in it, or at least was we're the first town, Farmville, to have two universities in the same town. I love Bear Creek Lake State Park. I spent a holiday there once. And I also love its close proximity to other parks. It's also near Twin Lake State Park and Highbridge Trail State Park. And also not too far from, what is it, Holiday Lake State Park and is it Stanton River Battlefield? No, 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 no. What's the battlefield? Yeah, James River State Park, Powhatan, Okahannas. Right. Is there also a battlefield that it's near? Yes, uh, Sailor's Creek. Sailor's Creek Battlefield. That's the other one. So there are a lot of state parks in that area. So if you wanted to use Bear Creek Lake as sort of a base camp, you could also visit all of those other parks in the area. Absolutely. All are only 30 to 40 minutes away. Tim, tell me about friends groups. You mentioned that you are a member of the Friends of Bear Creek Lake State Park. What does that mean? Well, the friends group, it is a volunteer support group for their state park. Um, 
The Friends Group, uh, in most cases, are 501c3 nonprofits. Um, we advocate for parks. Uh, uh, we raise money for parks, uh, for projects within the parks. Uh, and, uh, and then we, we actually do on-hand work in the park. If a trail needs cleared or uh, uh, canoes need repaired, um, we jump in there and do that. There, there are a variety of setups within the state park system uh, of different friends groups doing different things within the parks, but we are, are sorely a support group for the, our state park. Does every Virginia state park have a friends group? Unfortunately, not every park has a friends group. Uh, however, I'm excited that there are several new friends groups forming uh, both at Holiday Lake and New River Trail. Uh, and uh, they're jumping in and they, I'm certain they'll be a big help to their park. So if somebody wanted to know if their local park has a friends group, where would they find that information? By all means, uh, just contact your park office. Uh, that's the quickest way. Um, just contact the park office. They'll give you the information and the, and the, the contact of the friends group for the park. You can also go to the state parks website, uh, and it and there is a list of the friends groups within uh, within the system. I think it's great to be a member of the friends group. I'm a member of Mason Neck State Parks friends group, and they are hosting events all throughout the year. So you get information about events. Um, you also sometimes get discounts or first signups uh, for different events that they're hosting that members can uh, have priority on. Um, and it's just a great way to stay plugged into what's going on in the park. And there are lots of volunteer opportunities, everything from hands-on work in the park, like let's say doing trash cleanups or helping to build a bench to something maybe more elaborate, like fundraising or hosting an event or even advocating for parks um, every year with the, within the General Assembly. So there's all kinds of opportunities that are very different from each other. So you can pick what you like. Absolutely, Jessica. It's a, it's a great way to get involved with your state park. Do you have any favorite parks or what are the parks that have special meaning to you? You know, it's funny. I, I think it's the first question that I'm asked by everyone, probably you as well. What's your favorite state park? And, and I don't have one. We have 41 state parks and over 63 natural areas, and I love them all. But uh, my, uh, I do have some ties to Okanichi. Uh, they have a really cool spray park there. Uh, so instead of a pool, uh, kids can go running through spraying water that's recycled, and it's, it's a great place to go for that. Um, Hungry Mother State Park. Um, their friends group there have actually built a playground for autistic children. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's terrific. Um, Lake Anna State Park uh, has a, a, a disabled boat ramp uh, so that folks with disabilities um, can, uh, can launch themselves in a kayak or a canoe uh, uh, into Lake Anna. And uh, I'm excited about that because water really is the, an equalizer uh, for many dis, uh, folks with dis, uh, disabilities. Um, Natural Tunnel and Wilderness Road State Parks way out in the southwestern part of the state. Uh, gosh, they're the gateway to the west, Daniel Boone Territory. And, uh, and the Friends Group out at uh, Wilderness Road uh, built a real live functioning fort 
uh, of that period of Daniel Boone time. And uh, some volunteers from six different states come and, uh, and have special weekends where they do reenactments in that fort. Uh, and then Pocahontas is another close by park, one of the original six parks. And Pocahontas friends group there have been, uh, and we talk about opportunities through friends groups, but uh, at Pocahontas, they've been remodeling the Civilian Conservation Corps cabins that were built from the 1930s. That's a huge project they've taken on. Uh, and then I can't go without saying I love Faults Cape State Park because of, of the vastness of it, uh, the beach area right on the ocean. You can go for unlimited hikes down at, down at the beach. So, uh, so we have a variety of, a vari I have a variety of state parks that I just, I just love to go and attend. And, and of course, I, I wouldn't, I would be remiss if I didn't miss my all time favorite little Bear Creek Lake State Park with a 40 acre lake and, and our friends group there has a big uh, lights at the lake holiday light show uh, every year. And we raise money uh, through our friends group and that lights at the lake show uh, for Cumberland Christmas Mother. And Christmas Mother supports some 200 children supplying them for Christmas. And in addition to that, about 125 seniors get Christmas from that, from that show. So we're very proud of that. What a wonderful program you all put on there every holiday season at Bear Creek Lake. I have yet to be there for the lights, but I will get down there hopefully next year for that, because I know how much effort and work that you put into it, Tim, and I hear wonderful things about it. So I really do want to check that out. And I'm also really glad that you mentioned Wilderness Road. Um, like you said, I, we get asked this question all the time. What's your favorite Virginia State Park? And it's almost impossible to choose. Uh, but I try to highlight some of the parks that maybe people have never heard of or wouldn't have thought to visit. Wilderness Road is down in Southwest Virginia. And so a lot of people have never heard of it from other, other parts of the state because it takes a long time to get there from some of the more populated areas of the state. But it's so rich in history. And like you said, it is Daniel Boone era history, but also there is... Um, a really wonderful display about the indigenous people who lived in the area, which I think is so important to tell that story. Um, and so if you're really interested in seeing history come to life, that's such a great spot. Uh, you know, we talk about indigenous folks here in Virginia, but now we have our, our newest state park, Machicomico, uh, out in the Gloucester Hayes area. Uh, and it, it is a real tribute to our indigenous uh uh, folks here in in Virginia, particularly on the eastern part of Virginia. I love going to Machicomico. Yeah, I think that park is a wonderful addition. That is Virginia State Parks number 40 that opened during the pandemic. So that's very exciting. And then the 41st park, which is Clinch River State Park, which is also down in Southwest in St. Paul, is another location that is really beautiful. It is on the river and it's surrounded by mountains. I absolutely love it as it builds up the uh, the office and uh, uh, and uh, activity center for that park is right on top of the hill that overlooks the valley and it's ab absolutely beautiful. All you see are mountains and trees, except for an occasional Friday night. You you're, uh, you have a view of the high school football field and they and they turn the lights on for the football games so that's kind of fun 
Um, one more park that comes to mind when we talk about parks that people might not have heard of is New River Trail State Park. I love to mention that one because it's not your traditional park. It's actually a trail. So it's close to 58 miles long, runs from Galax to Pulaski, and it is such a wonderful ride to enjoy. It, it goes along rivers. It has trestle bridges that you get to cross. There are mountains in the distance. It is so stunning all along that trail that I would definitely encourage everybody to experience it. Now, 58 miles can be kind of long for folks, um, especially if you're on foot. But luckily, the park does provide a shuttle service from Foster Falls, which is the center of the trail, also a historic area. And they will shuttle you to either end of the trail and then you ride back to Foster Falls where you can then be back where you started. I did that so that I did it over two days so that I started at one end one day and rode back to the center. And then the second day I had them shuttle me out to the other end and rode back to the middle. And that's how I completed it. But it's an absolutely beautiful park. If folks haven't been there, they just have to go see it. It's beautiful. And, and when I talk about diversity of parks, we talked about a lot of diverse parks in just the last few minutes. We certainly did. So I think we should probably talk about Trail Quest. Um, I don't want to go too deep into the details because I've mentioned Trail Quest on this podcast before, but Tim, you would be surprised how many people have said to me that they signed up for Trail Quest because they heard about it on this podcast. So I know we have a lot of new listeners, so I want to be sure that we at least mention it. Do you want to describe Trail Quest? Yeah, it's a great program. Um, uh, it's it's certainly a, a great way to explore Virginia State Parks, just a, a step at a time, and uh, uh, and and you get rewarded for for visiting the park. It's it's real simple. You just uh, sign up uh, uh, on the state park website uh, for the state state adventures page. Um, you uh, uh, then tap on Trail Quest. Uh, and when you visit a state park, um, uh, you just uh, you just record it on on the uh, Trail Quest uh, website, uh, and then you can earn actually up to five really cool looking pins, beautiful pins that you can wear or put on your hiking stick. Uh, and uh, you get I think you get one your first pin for attending your first park. And then you get another pin for five parks and 10 parks and 20. And then the last one for visiting all parks. So the whole family can participate. Um, uh, everyone can participate in the family uh, and be a part of Trail Quest. So I'd encourage folks to sign up for that. It's a, it's a, it's a great way um, uh, to, uh, to challenge yourself to go out and visit Virginia State Parks. Yeah, people get really excited about earning those pins. And the Master Hiker pin is the coveted final pin after visiting every park. And also you get a certificate once you reach the last park. And so they will arrange for you to receive your certificate from a park ranger at a park of your choice. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And I've seen lots of those pictures, lots of happy people. And someone I think by the name of Jessica, what was her name? Got one of those. 
<laughs> yes, that is right. I completed Trail <laughs> Quest last year um, in 2020 at Holiday Lake State Park, which is another one of my favorites. It's a small park in Appomattox. A lot of people don't even know that it's there. It's right next to a state forest, um, but it is so beautiful. It's one of the cleanest lakes in Virginia, and there is no motorized boats allowed on the lake. So if you're looking for a super peaceful experience on the water, either on the beach or kayak, or floating, whatever you like to do, or even just hiking around um, the perimeter of the lake with mountains all around you, that is an ideal location. Proud of you for doing it. And, uh, it's, it's a great program. I'd encourage anyone listening to, to, to sign up for Trail Quest without, without question. Right. And I'll just remind the listeners that a link to sign up for Trail Quest will be in your show notes. Everything that we talk about in this conversation today will have a link in the show notes so that you can conveniently go directly to those pages. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about the new Alpaca fleece hoodie I received from Appalachian Gear Company. The Alpaca fleece hoodie is made from 100% alpaca fiber and is lightweight, breathable, and packable. Since I've had this hoodie, I've used it for hiking, cycling, and climbing, and since it's soft and fits well, I've been wearing it just about everywhere. What I love about this hoodie is it keeps me warm, but is also super breathable and durable, which makes it perfect for all of my outdoor adventures. When compared to merino wool, alpaca is softer, stronger, warmer, and retains less water. It's also environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic. Appalachian Gear Company is committed to fighting the plague of microplastics in the environment. Alpaca fleece is made from responsibly sourced 100% alpaca fiber without added synthetics or harsh chemical treatments. All of their products are knitted, finished, and sewn in the USA. To see a photo of my adventures in my alpaca fleece hoodie, visit the Virginia Outdoor Adventures Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter pages. There's a range of alpaca products available from beanies and gaiters to blankets and sleeping bags. Check it out at AppalachianGearCompany.com or click the link in your show notes to go directly to their website. You can receive a 10% discount at checkout for being a Virginia Outdoor Adventures listener. Enter the code VIRGINIA10 at checkout. That's Virginia10 at checkout. And now back to the show. Tim, uh, what amenities does Virginia State Parks offer to visitors? Wow, lots of amenities. Um, we have day parks um, that have uh, terrific uh, conference centers and uh, and uh, and you can explore uh, displays of uh, in our battlefields of different uh, 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 findings and and history and collectibles that people have gathered over the years. Uh, uh, our parks are our overnight parks have yurts and cabins and campsites uh, that are, are lots of fun. Uh, terrific, very clean bathhouses. Um, a number of our parks have either uh, beach access to their lakes or to the shore. Um, there are spray parks and pools at various parks. Uh, all of the parks have playgrounds and walking trails. And, uh, and it's just, uh, there's a little something for everybody. Um, we have three museums. We have three battlefield sites. Um, there are two National Historic Landmarks, and we have two natural landmarks, both at Natural Tunnel and uh, Natural Bridge uh, State Parks. 
Um, so there's, there's always plenty to do. We have 36 lakes and ponds. We have 30 amphitheaters. There are 52 gift shops, two restaurants. We even have a chairlift uh, that takes you down to a natural tunnel and, and bring you back up to the top. So there's a little something for everyone at a Virginia State Park. There sure is. That chairlift is super cool, too. If you want to take it down to the base of the tunnel, that's an awesome experience. It looks like a ski lift. So that's a fun thing to ride. Um, and we even have some parks that are designated dark sky locations. Yes, we do. Um, and, and that's amazing. If you go out to, to the James River or to uh, a Natural Bridge, um, uh, those are two that come to mind real quick. Uh, uh, it, it's like the, the stars just never end. State Park website is, is just an invaluable resource uh, for you to go to and for your listeners to go to uh, to see what's happening in state parks and to see what amenities are offered at the park that they'd like to attend. That's right. I believe there's even a little area where you can click or it says amenities and it will tell you what's offered at each park. Right. And they make it pretty simple to get to. If I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> um, and in fact, you can search by amenity as well. So if you're looking for a boat launch, for example, you can search for all the parks that have a boat launch and it, the list will come up. So it's really easy to find what you're looking for in a Virginia State Park. Absolutely. Why don't you describe the Virginia Association for Parks and the role that it plays? Yeah, you know, the, uh, the Virginia Association for Parks really is an, is an association that advocates for park issues at all levels. Um, we offer free technical advice and assistance for those who wish to form a new support organization, i.e. a friends group. And, and we conduct semi-annual conferences with training sessions and networking opportunities for the exchange of ideas that, well, that work within the friends groups. Um, uh, we were formed back in 1997 and incorporated in 2002. And, and our goal was to, uh, to provide an umbrella organization for our friends group uh, uh, to support uh, a common goal. And that's to support not only just our Virginia state parks, but also local uh, parks uh, 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 and national parks as well. So we, if there's a park issue, we're out there to advocate for it. So Tim, for somebody who is tuning into this podcast simply because they want to learn more about state parks or they're looking to plan their next trip, why should they care about advocating for state parks? Well, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that state parks cost money to operate. Um, it takes a lot of people, uh, our staff, to, uh, to keep uh, these natural areas uh, and our state parks safe and the land protected. Uh, it, it, it just takes a lot, a lot of money to, uh, to keep a, a park system going. Um, in fact, um, uh, most recently, the figure is around $111 million a year is what it takes to really adequately fund our, our Virginia state parks. The problem that we have is that the General Assembly doesn't fund enough of our needs 
uh, only about 17 to $22 million. And uh, through our gift shops and boat rentals and yurt rentals and, and cabins and campsites, we generate another uh, $50 million or so. Uh, but that still leaves us well short of where we need to be. So unfortunately, when you go into a park and you don't see a, a, a park employee around, it may be because, well, they just don't have enough people to, to, to adequately staff the parks uh, 24 hours a day as they should. Uh, it's a, simply a matter of dollars and cents. Uh, or if you see a bathhouse that you say, gee, you know, it'd be really nice if, if this were, you know, a, a, a nicer uh, and have different, uh, uh, better Wi-Fi and, and so on and so forth. Well, it's in a lot of cases, it's just lack of funding. Uh, to keep that going. So uh, as advocates, and if you love a state park, it pays to uh, to speak out uh, and ask your legislator, both your delegates uh, and your senators, and even your local board of supervisors or town councils to support uh, your state park. Um, because if you don't ask for it, it may not get done. What a great point. So it's going to take work from all of us to make sure that our elected representatives hear how important state parks are to us and how we want to make sure that they continue to be accessible for future generations. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's critical. And, you know, the fact is that we're dealing with, you know, a lot of infrastructure that, well, now is going over 90 years old um, and stuff just needs to get fixed. So, so if we're out there as advocates for the parks, then, then uh, we, we, we educate our legislators and let them know that we need their help. And, and everyone coming together can make a difference. That's right. All of us working together make a difference. Um, explain the funding mechanism briefly. For a lot of people don't understand how the funding works, and we don't want to get too down into the weeds and, and complicate it, but just generally speaking, Tim, how would you describe the funding mechanism and how parks get the funding that they need? The funding mechanism really begins with a budget process that the state parks director comes up with. Uh, and then presents it to the Secretary of Natural Resources. The Secretary of Natural Resources submits their budget request to the governor's office. Um, uh, the funding that we get from the state, uh, we literally have to go and ask for every single year. Um, now, we, we are fortunate that we do get that 17 to $22 million from the General Assembly each year. But it's also forced us into collecting fees for, well, parking at state parks. And uh, I think that's horrible. I'd love to have every Virginian be able to access a Virginia state park uh, without having to pay to stop in and visit. But, but it, once again, it does take money to fund these parks. So it is the monies that the parks generate by, well, Everything from cabin rentals, uh, yurt and campsite rentals, the sale of T-shirts, the renting of canoes, all of that creates a res revenue source uh, of about $50 million or so a year 
We do get that funding from the General Assembly uh, when we ask for 17 to $22 million a year, but that still leaves us far short of, of our actual need of about $111 million a year. So that's the process. And then in addition to it, we can uh, introduce bills uh, into the legislators. Uh, um, if there is a problem, um, say for example, uh, in operation or the need for more staffing, uh, we can get the needs of the state park system, uh, have a legislator sponsor a bill uh, that will help uh, to fund uh, that uh, staffing or operations needs. And then we can advocate to see if we can get that bill passed in the state legislature to provide yet even more funding. Although our funding mechanism is kind of, uh, is kind of antiquated. Um, the one thing that we've proven um, over the last, well, at least the last 20 years is that, that we really need a sustainable funding source for Virginia state parks. Uh, a source of funds that that state parks can depend on and budget for, not only for today, but five years, 10, even 20 years out. Um, um, parks uh, are a, uh, an amazing environmental asset, uh, a conservation asset to hold uh, for this, the Commonwealth. But we're also uh, a business. We're a travel and tourism business. Uh, that bring in brings in about two hundred and fifty six million dollars uh, of revenue into the uh, into the Commonwealth of Virginia each year. Um, so, in order to maintain that, uh, every business needs to have a budget process that they can they can plan not only this year but five years, ten, twenty years out in the future um, uh, to operate it more like a business. And that will provide a sustainable uh, sustainability throughout the park system. Right now, we just kind of work as a wing and a prayer each year. Yeah, that is kind of what it feels like. I think it's interesting that you brought up the entrance fees to state parks. I remember back in the day when I only paid $3 to get into Mason Neck State Park. And now on weekends, it's close to... Well, I have a I have an annual pass, so I haven't had to pay at the gate in a while. But I think it's five dollars some days, and some parks are ten dollars to get in on weekends. The price keeps going up, and the lack of sustainable funding for parks is one of the reasons why the entrance fee keeps going up. And unfortunately, that means that some people are going to choose not to visit state parks because of that entrance fee. Um, that only not only hurts parks, but it's unfortunate that people who are residents of Virginia um, are unable to access their parks. Everybody should have access to our state parks. Absolutely. And, uh, and you're right. Those fees for parking keep going up. Um, you know, we have unfunded mandates that are, are brought down from the general assembly. For example, uh, it's, it's great to uh, have our minimum wage go up. It's a wonderful thing to have in Virginia. But the problem is, is that so far, the General Assembly uh, has not passed along the funds to the state park system to even pay for those additions. And, and in this year alone, about $1.2 million is the impact to uh, operating uh, state parks. 
So uh, really, unless we get that funding to do it, then we have two choices. We either cut more personnel uh, or we charge more fees. And, uh, and I, I want everyone to be able to come to a Virginia State Park. And, and, and the VAFP have been very, very uh, busy this year uh, trying to find and, and, and provide a bill that will offer state parks some type of sustainable funding going forward. What can we do about this, Tim? We're listening to all of this talk about funding and lack of funding. And the course, the real question here is, what can we do about this? What opportunities do we have this year specifically? Well, this year, I'm excited to make an announcement because as of last Friday, um, our, our bill, uh, Senate Bill 545, uh, who is a chief patron by Senator Marston, uh, talks about a, a, a whole new idea, and it's called Park Pass. Park Pass uh, will put a $5 fee each time you register your vehicle here in the state of Virginia each year. Uh, that will create a pool of about $31 million that will will greatly help to improve the facilities and the staffing uh, for state parks. But in addition to, and part of the bill, is that it will eliminate parking fees for all Virginians who attend Virginia state parks. And that's what makes it so exciting. So uh, those $5 bills that we put into a, 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 a one, just once a year, $5, get your family into any one of the 41 Virginia state parks to park uh, every day of the year free with that Virginia license plate on your car. So we're very excited about it this year. That's incredible. So Senate Bill 545, um, what do people actually need to do to support Senate Bill 545? Right now, that bill sits in the um, uh, Ag Agriculture Committee uh, and I would, uh, uh, in the state Senate, uh, it's real simple. Uh, we'll have, if you go to uh, virginiaparks.org, We'll have a, a listing of all those members and a hyperlink that you, you'll be able to go right with that hyperlink, put your name on it, and send, uh, send uh, um, that message to those legislators that, that we have to, to have sustainable funding in Virginia State Parks. Otherwise, very simply, uh, uh, reach out to your delegate, reach out to your representative, your state senator, and, and tell them about Senate Bill 545 and how much we need it, uh, uh, need it to pass uh, in the legislating, uh, legislature. Uh, in addition to that, Governor Northam has put about $68 million in his budget, outgoing budget, that the legislator must pass and, and our new governor, Yunkin, must approve. Uh, that is funding that will come to the Department of Conservation and Recreation. Not all of that money will go to state parks, but some of it certainly will. And, and you also, uh, if everybody would reach out once again to their legislators and, and, and tell them that 
we need to leave that money in Governor Northam's budget that our new governor will sign off and approve and our legislators. We are desperately in need of those funds. So it's real simple. You can write, call or email your legislator and tell them about these issues and tell them about your love for the park. And But uh, all you need to do is pick up the phone pick up the phone or pick up uh, pick up your a laptop and send a message to your representative that please support our parks make sure that the, the that governor northam's uh, budget uh, goes through uh, our new governor um, Yunkin and to support Senate bill 545 to sustainably fund parks it's that easy well Tim that does sound super easy but I know that our legislators are going to be receiving a lot of phone calls and emails about all kinds of issues. I mean, hundreds of different issues, hundreds of different bills. Um, Some of this might get a little lost in the shuffle. So perhaps one of the more effective ways to communicate with our legislators is to actually have face-to-face interaction with them where we can tell them why Virginia State Parks are important to us, what our connections are to the parks, and really build a relationship with our legislators so that we can get more done. But that can be intimidating to a lot of people. Are there any opportunities coming up where people can um, maybe buddy up with other folks or learn to do this so that they can more effectively advocate for our parks? Well, as a matter of fact, there is. Now that you mentioned that, Jessica, on February the 3rd, Uh, At 6.30 in the evening, the VAFP is offering an advocacy workshop. Um, uh, It'll be great. It'll be online. uh, And uh, we'll we'll have our director of state parks, Melissa Baker, speak. Um, You'll actually be able to see my face, as scary as it is, uh, on that Zoom meeting. uh, And I'll speak. But uh, we'll also have... uh, a little class, a little educational tool that would would help folks uh, speak uh, to our legislators. Um, uh, Jessica, I think you'll be participating, and uh, Bonnie Klakowitz will be participating in that. And, and we did it last spring, and it was very effective. Uh, what it's like to talk to a, a legislator that uh, that is park friendly, so so to speak, uh, or is in favor of your issue. And just what do you do if that legislator uh, turns a deaf ear to you? And how do you speak to that legislator? And I think you'll, you'll find it informative and fun. And, uh, and Jessica, you and uh, Bonnie just do an outstanding job uh, with, uh, with that. And uh, so I'd encourage uh, uh, the listeners to, to by all means, um, attend our advocacy workshop. That's again, February the 3rd at 630 in the evening. Thank you so much for that, Tim. I'm really excited to be presenting at this advocacy workshop with my friend, Bonnie. Bonnie and I are both former public school teachers, and we spent many, many years advocating for public education. And so we are just taking those skills that we learned as teachers, and we are now using them in a different way. But it's the same idea. It's how to build relationships, how to talk to people, and essentially how to be effective. 
Um, so we're really excited about that. The workshop will be less than an hour. Uh, it'll be on Zoom and you can sign up in the link in your show notes. It'll also be available on the podcast website and I will be posting it on the podcast social media channels. So on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so definitely take a, a look in your show notes, click on that link and sign up to join us on Thursday, February 3rd at 6.30 p.m. Um, Tim, I guess we should probably land this plane here pretty soon. We've just talked about a whole lot about parks and advocacy. Um, how can listeners connect with you or how can they join the Virginia Association for Parks? Uh, it's real simple. You can go to virginiaparks.org. Uh, that is the uh, VAFP website. Uh, feel free to uh, message us there. Uh, there is a, an address and a phone number for you to contact. F also, feel free to reach out to me directly uh, at Tim Kennel. That's T-I-M-K-E-N-N-E-L-L. -L. The letters V-A-F-P stands for Virginia Association for Parks at gmail.com. So Tim Kennel, V-A-F-P at gmail.com. And, uh, and I love to respond to emails. So please feel free to do so. Perfect. Uh, before we close it up, is there anything else we missed that you want to make sure gets mentioned? Best thing that folks can do uh, it, uh, other than advocate for parks is just to go out and get outdoors, go to a Virginia state park. Uh, and, and, and I think you uh, will immediately feel the same thing that both Jessica and I do when we walk into a park. You feel at home with the outdoors there. And uh, I encourage uh, all folks to get out and visit a Virginia State Park. What a beautiful way to end this episode, Tim. Thank you so much for being a guest on Virginia Outdoor Adventures. I look forward to being in the advocacy workshop with you on February the 3rd. And I hope all the listeners will join us by clicking the link in their show notes and signing up to register for the advocacy workshop. Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me. And uh, let's all get outdoors. Sounds good, Tim. Adventure on. Links and resources to everything discussed today are in the notes section of your listening app and on the website at virginiaoutdooradventures.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting me. The easiest and most impactful thing you can do is visit buymeacoffee.com backslash Jessica Bowser, where you can buy me a virtual coffee or sign up for a membership and receive a Virginia Outdoor Adventures vinyl sticker and a shout out on the show. I'm on a mission to build an outdoor community right here in Virginia. A donation or membership means you're supporting a local community of outdoor adventurers, a diverse platform that elevates everyone's voice, a resource of activities and locations close to home, local Virginia businesses, and women in podcasting and the outdoor industry. You can also support me by subscribing to the show on your listening app. Help spread the word by sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media. Last but not least, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing from my listeners. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Virginia Outdoor Adventures or on the website virginiaoutdooradventures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adventure on.